Alright, good evening everyone. I want to welcome us to the World Feast session uh, once again. And I pray that tonight's session will not be in vain, but that for every one of us who will be listening, always listening right away, right now, uh, God will bless us and the light of the Word of God, of the Gospel will flood our hearts in the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Our Father, I want to thank you once again for this great opportunity to share your word. Thank you for every of the listeners. Thank you for not leaving us alone. Thank you for your love over us. Thank you because your banner over us is love. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the gift of life. May your name be praised in the name of Jesus. Father, as we want to look into your word briefly, please speak to us in the name of Jesus. Let every ignorance give way in the name of Jesus. By the reason of the light of your gospel, we ask that let every ignorance be dealt with in the name of Jesus and let your name alone be glorified. We ask for as many of us that are trusting you for one thing or the other according to your will. Please do unto us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So once again, we want to I want to welcome us back to another word free section. So tonight, we would uh, press a little bit on the topic we started last week, which is uh, tagged altars. And last week, uh, we looked into the introductory part of altars. We looked at what altar, what altar and altar is. Um, we said uh, it is a platform that allows for communication between humanity and deity or divinity uh, humanity and divinity uh, for us as believers as believers okay and uh, i said it, it, that an altar is a point of sacrifice whereby the specificity of such sacrifice attracts the intervention of a deity in the affairs of the individual that is offering such sacrifices as a matter of fact uh, i said also last week that what makes an altar an altar is a sacrifice okay because an altar uh, from the root meaning, the root word, Greek word, uh, is, a, is, ta- is referred to as a place of sacrifice, okay, that allows for the interference of a, of, of a divine being in the affairs of men, okay. So it's a place of communication, it's a place where uh, uh, encounters are real with the, div- uh, with, with the uh, spiritual world, okay. And I said that it's a platform that allows for communication or uh, communion between man. And God. Okay. Also, I spoke about how to raise an altar last week, where I said that uh, to raise a particular uh, uh, altar or to raise a particular reference point uh, of communication that gives man unrestricted access to divine resources or to divinity, consistency is very key. Okay. Uh, If we must raise any altar, uh, we must uh, be consistent in a line of action. Be consistent in involving ourselves in a, in a line of action because we, we've come to understand that uh, altars are not just raised uh, physically now, but uh, people unconsciously raise altars that give, make uh, give spirits uh, spirits or that give uh, uh, access to the give spirits certain spirits access to their life. Okay, uh, unconsciously they do that unconsciously. That makes uh, certain spirits or spiritual spiritual beings uh, get access to their lives. Okay, so uh, and what actually br- brings about certain uh, some of these uh, access is because of consistency in a particular line of action. And last week we spoke uh, 
extensively on that when we looked at Romans chapter 6 verse 16 talking about yielding uh, uh, the more we yield ourselves to a particular thing okay the more we we, we, uh, we uh, give access okay we open ourselves up to the spiritual dimension of that activity and and like we also said we said uh, uh, there is there is also always a spiritual force uh, that backs up every every uh, activity. Okay, no activity in itself is 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 is, is a common activity. is natural. Okay, but beyond what we could see are uh, unseen things. Okay, uh, at the foundation or at the base of the seen world is an unseen world, which is more real than what we could see because what is seen, the ephemeral world, is uh is just temporal. Why that which cannot be seen is eternal. Okay, so we must understand that there are forces that are old or put in place the natural, uh, the natural uh, things that we could see. Okay, and also I said, uh, and also I said, when an individual consistently yields himself or herself to an activity, the spiritual force put in place to enhance such activity can gain ascendancy or control over that individual as yieldedness connotes consent okay and I, I will i will encourage us to kindly go back to last week uh, uh, teaching okay so we could have a, a very full glimpse or i'm a full understanding of what uh, i'm talking about okay so to this end therefore jesus told the madman who was healed to go and sin no more less uh a, a more weak a, a, a more uh a serious ailment uh, 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 come upon him Okay, so for, for for this reason, therefore, Jesus Christ told the man who was healed of of insanity, okay, to go and sin no more, okay, lest uh, a more worse situation comes over him, and that's to tell us that uh, there's always a, a force uh, that drives every action, okay, uh, of every individual, okay. It might be positive, it might be negative, but we must understand that uh, there is nothing that just happens uh, on their own. Nothing happens on on their own. Just like we saw in Ephesians chapter 2 last week, that the children of disobedience, there is always a prince of the power of the air that works in the children of, of disobedience, of disobedience, rather, okay? So, uh, that's, that was what we discussed last week, and I, and, I, and I would really love us to go back and listen carefully to the tape, to the, to the teaching, and I, I, I believe strongly that will be blessed. Okay, so today we'll be looking specifically uh, at a particular type of altar, and... Uh, the role it plays uh, in the life of believers. Okay, tonight's uh, episode is just going to be like a charge to us. It's not going to be that long. Okay, okay, but but then, uh, in spite of of, of the uh, the brevity of it, uh, I pray it blesses us. Okay, so we are going to take our test. The focus for tonight's test is Ezra chapter eight, verse twenty-one to twenty-three. We'll be looking at the prayer altar, Ezra uh, chapter eight. Verse 21 and 23. I'm going to be reading. Okay, Ezra 8, 21, 23. Verse 21 says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ava, this Ezra talking, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and us men to help us against the enemy on the road. Because we have spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, 
and we answered our prayer. Now, uh, we must understand first that Ezra was a priest, okay, in the land of Israel. As a matter of fact, it was, it was not just a priest, but a scribe that is well vast and learned in the commandments of God. Okay, you understood the mind of God. Okay, you have a very good understanding of of what actually of, of God's commitment, okay, to His people, of what can be done, okay, to move the hand of God. Okay, it was a, it was it was a, it was a teaching priest that reached the, the, the law, the commandment of God to the people of God, to God's people every day. Okay, so it was a well, it was it was a, a well vast, it was it was a man that was vast in the scriptures. Okay, and, and we saw here that when they were about to leave the land of captivity, okay, that they humbled themselves. Verse 21 says that he proclaimed a fast at the river and humbled themselves before God. But verse 22 uh, made us to understand why that was done. Why did they, do they have to humble themselves before God and pray? Why do they have to humble themselves before God and fast? Verse 22 says that, For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. Why? Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. Okay, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. Okay, so because of his knowledge, his vast knowledge in the commandments, in the law of God, he has proclaimed, he has, he has made a boast to the kings of the earthings that this is what his God, the God of Israel, is capable of doing. That the God of Israel is capable of, of uh, uh, that the hand of the God of Israel is upon all those who seek good. That the hand of Israel is is uh, is capable of of saving uh, all those who are on his side, all those who seek good, all those who serve him, okay. And that his wrath is upon those who uh, forsake God, who forsake him. He has made a boast to the kings, to the ethnic kings. So, and because of that boast, it's, it was so difficult for him to ask for troops to guard them out of the land of captivity at that particular point in time. And even though he had a good understanding, a, knowledge, a good knowledge of what God is capable of doing, to make that promise over their life come to pass, they had to set themselves to pray. They had to set themselves to fast. Now, let's not forget the essence of an altar. That the, an altar, the essence of an altar is to bring the hand of, of God down to be in the affairs of men, to, to cause God's, God to, to interfere in the affairs of men. Okay? Uh, the altar is designated, is specially designed for the place where you, you secure God's hand, okay, through sacrifice. Okay, so for him to actually cause God to move on their behalf, okay, to secure them, their trip down from the land of captivity to the promised land, to back to Jerusalem, they had to humble themselves. The word humble there was used, okay, to show that they could not in their own power make the word of God good or come to pass, okay? And that's why uh, the power in the word, okay, the efficacy of the word, okay, is only seen in the place of prayer, okay? The word will not deliver results when we stay out of prayer. The word, the word of God will only 
be, we only remain a story. We only remain a parable outside prayer. And that's why so many Christians are frustrated. So many Christians are, are, are anxious, are worried, because they know about the promises of God for their lives, but because they don't understand how to harness the power therein, because they don't know how to make it come to reality, they are frustrated. Now, and that's why Ezra said they are to humble themselves. Humility means you are you acknowledge the fact that you have no power of your own. Humility means you acknowledge the fact that you can't make it work on your own. Humility means that you don't have what it takes to get what you want or what you need. Humility means that uh, you acknowledge the superiority of a deity of God over your life. So they humble themselves before God and fasted and prayed. And when they did that, the hand of God, just like he has seen in the commandment of God, in the law of God, the hand of God came upon the children of Israel and saw them through to the land, back to, to the land of Jerusalem. Okay, So one thing we have to understand here is that prayer is key in unnessing the power in the world. Okay, For the reality of the dimension of, uh, for, for the word of God to to. To, to, uh, to be real, to become flesh in our lives. We need to humble ourselves in the place of prayer. The prayer altar is, is, is an altar that every child of God must consciously cultivate, must consciously build. When you desist from prayer, when you refuse to pray, what you are saying to God is that, uh, what you mean and what you are trying to say to God is that you can do it in your own strength. You can do it on your own. You have the power to actualize, okay, to bring to pass what he has even said to you, okay? That even though he said that this is possible, okay, when you refuse to seek his face, when you refuse to pray to him, to cause his hand to come down, to move his hand, to come down in your on your behalf, what you are trying to say is that you can do it on your own. So to work in the reality of the di of of the dimension of truth that Ezra saw in the word of God, they had to undo themselves in fasting, and they pray to God for guidance and safety to their destinations. The promises of scriptures will remain abstract and will never be experienced if we refuse to pray. The promises of scripture will not uh, will remain abstract. We, be, we remain, uh, we will never experience or have a taste or a glimpse of the reality of what is in store for us in God if we refuse to pray. Prayer is a platform through which God's hand is committed to a cause. If you want to see the hand of God at work in your life, you must cultivate the altar of prayer. Okay? You must cultivate the altar of prayer. Okay, the word of God says that know you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which ye have of God that is in you. Okay, and it says that you present your bodies as living sacrifices. And because you are temple, we are bodies are temples, or because our body is the temple of, 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 of the Holy Ghost who is in us, the Holy Ghost, okay, through our spirit, prays, alters, inters makes intercessions through us, okay. And our prayers goes up, you know, in the form of a sweet-smelling savour, in the form of incense. Okay, so prayer uh, can, is offered upon a altar, 
prayer can be cultivated. The prayer altar can be cultivated in such a way that you offer prayer. Okay, that your prayer, your, 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 the fruit of your lips in form of prayer ascends up to God. And that way, when God smells the incense, when God smells the aroma of the prayer, it causes him to come down to move on your behalf. To come down to move on your behalf. Prayer gives permission to God to operate in the affairs of men. Okay? Because uh, as we saw last week that God has uh, the heavens and even the heavens of heavens are as God retained for himself, but the kingdom of the earth has he given unto men. Okay? And that tells us that if God is to do anything here on earth, he needs a man. And that's why he is consciously looking for a man that will stand in the gap, you know, to bring his uh, intentions, to bring his, his plan and uh, his purpose to pass on this earth, on this planet. Okay? So, if God must come on your behalf and move on your behalf you must be willing okay you must be willing to 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 pray to offer prayers you must be willing and consciously invite god in the affairs of your life in that thing that you want uh him to be involved in okay no wonder why god uh was about to move in the affairs of men sought for a man okay who can stand in the gap Okay, the power in the world is only unleashed in the place of prayers. Okay, it's only unleashed. Without the fire of the Holy Ghost, the energy in the wood of the world will remain latent. There is so much energy in the Word of God. The Word of God serves as the wood. Because Jesus Christ said, they do this to the green tree. What would they do to the dry tree? Talking about himself, Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. Okay, but the energy that is locked up in the Word of God can only be released when it's thrown into fire. The energy of the word of God can only be released when we engage it in the place of prayer through the Holy Ghost. When we pray the word, we see it come to pass. When you pray the word, you see it come to pass. The easiest way to see the word come to pass, come to manifestation, is by praying it. No one just speaks and, uh, and it comes to pass just like that. But we must pray the word to reality. When Elijah has told King Ahab that he should not worry, that there will be rain, we're meant to understand that Elijah went back to pray. He didn't just speak. And that's why it looks as if so many words that so many Christians say are empty words. Why? Because their closet of prayer is empty. So for your words to, be, to carry power, for your words to be meaningful, for your words to come to pass, to come to reality, you must engage yourself in praying. The word of God says that the priest shall burn wood upon the altar every morning. The wood of the word of God and the fire, the Holy Ghost that serves as the fire. Okay? So, I want to encourage us. Like I said, it's just a short charge, a brief charge. If you must see the word of God come to reality, come to pass in your life, then you must be willing to engage in fervent prayer. You must be willing to build your prayer altar. You must be willing to cultivate, make prayer a habit. Make prayer a lifestyle. Jesus Christ says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means when you are not praying, you will be a prey to the enemy. You will faint. Okay? You will fail. When you are not praying, everything that you do will look as if it's not working. 
Why? Because what is the powerhouse that is meant to bring to reality what that which God has said concerning you has not been put in place. Okay, so if you must see the word of God come to pass in your life, you must not just confess it, but you must pray it. You must pray it. You must pray the will of God. Okay, and that's why Jesus Christ, when he was to teach his disciples, he said, Our Father, who is in, who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. So we have to pray the will of God on earth to see it manifest. Because the kingdom of God suffers violence, and it takes the violence to take it by force. So, to see the word of God come to pass in your life, to see it come to pass in your family, to see it come to pass over your children, over your work, over your business, you must be willing to pray it. And I pray that as we engage in fervent prayers, I pray that as we begin to cultivate prayer, our, our prayer halter, God will begin to move on our behalf, and everything that seems to be stagnant will begin to move in the name of Jesus. Every door that seems to be shut against us, according to the will of God, God will begin to open them, because He's the only one that can open a door and no man can shut. In the name of Jesus, those doors will be open. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So thank you once again. Uh, next week, we continue uh, uh, in this topic, altars, and I pray that God will grant us understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen.